0: Thank you to Western Washington Coalition for Life for sponsoring today's broadcast of Life Talk Northwest. Born from prayer and a promise in 2018, the WWCFL's mission is to provide encouragement and support through resources, education, and information focused on embracing the beauty and sanctity of all human life. Engage with WWCFL at WWCFL.org or on Facebook at Western Washington Coalition for Life. Thank you, WWCFL, for supporting Life Talk Northwest.
1: Welcome to Life Talk Northwest on Sacred Heart Radio. This is Katie Welch, former Northwest Regional Coordinator and Industry Impact Coordinator for Students for Life of America and Students for Life Action. We are missing Dan this week. He is recovering from eye surgery, so say some prayers for him. But we are so glad you are listening today because we have a very special guest this week who we have been privileged to hear from in the past. Today, our guest is Richard Dorflinger. Richard retired in 2016 from the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, Secretariat of Pro-Life Activities where for 36 years he prepared testimony and other materials on abortion, euthanasia, human cloning, stem cell research, and other issues. He has published in many journals and magazines, and writes a monthly syndicated column for the National Catholic News Service. He's a fellow at the University of Notre Dame's De Nicola Center for Ethics and Culture, an associate scholar at the Charlotte Lozier Institute, and an adjunct fellow in bioethics and public policy at the National Catholic Bioethics Center. He holds a bachelor's and master's degree from the University of Chicago and conducted doctoral studies in theology there and at the Catholic University of America. He and his wife now live in La Conner, Washington. Thank you, Richard, for being here. We're so happy to have you join us on Life Talk Northwest today.
2: Oh, thank you for having me to talk.
1: For sure. So, unfortunately, there is some terrible legislation in our state this session. Um, one which would remove coercion and abuse from the Death with Dignity Act. Uh, Richard, could you first maybe refresh our memory about what the current Death with Dignity law is and then tell us a little more about this bill and what it would do?
2: Sure. Uh, It was November 2008 in which the voters approved a ballot initiative to to legalize prescribing of lethal drugs for some patients who were diagnosed as terminally ill and having six months or less to live so they could take their own lives. Uh, the proponents uh, won a majority of the voters by promising that this would all be hedged about with very careful safeguards against coercion and abuse. 15-day uh, waiting period to reconsider the decision. Two doctors had to confirm the diagnosis. Uh, opportunity for a psychological evaluation so people would not be acting under depression. Mm. and uh, signed request by the patient, witnessed by two people saying this is what they want after receiving counseling on alternatives. So now the same groups that promised all that uh, are uh, breaking their promise, basically. They're saying, no, mm. these safeguards are too strict. They're really barriers to access, and we need to start uh, streamlining this process. So, mm. the so they can tell more become, people. <laughs> And it's, you know, 15 days becomes seven days or no time whatsoever Mm -hmm. if one medical provider says either the patient's going to die faster than seven days or has intractable suffering, which is really not clearly defined. Any any physical Mm -hmm. symptom that the medical provider thinks can't be cured by palliative care. The medical provider can be a physician's assistant, not a physician, mm. uh, or a nurse practitioner. The uh, uh, psychological evaluation, if, it is, if there is one, could be done by a social worker instead of a yeah. psychiatrist, or psychologist, and so on. Oh, and the drugs could be sent by mail or a messenger to people other than the patient, oh. who then use them you know, however they want. Uh, instead of being given to the patient. Uh, So this is something that I believe these groups always had in mind. Uh, Not many people in Washington noticed it at the time, but the prime sponsor of uh, the 2008 initiative, uh, Mm -hmm. former Governor Booth Gardner, he was telling the New York Times that uh, this was just a first step. He wanted this ultimately expanded to people with chronic illnesses and disabilities, and uh, that's one reason why the statewide disability rights organization, Disability mm-hmm. Rights Washington, uh, has been very suspicious of this agenda and has testified against this uh, so-called expansion bill. But it has now passed committees in both House and Senate and the state legislature and mm-hmm. poised for votes in both chambers. Uh, as as you know, it's a, a pretty heavily uh, liberal-democratic uh, legislature, mm-hmm. uh, democratic majorities in both chambers. And most, though not all, Democrats uh, seem to want it passed. That's so awful. it is an uphill battle, but we have defeated legislation like this uh, t- twice now in the last two years, and mm-hmm. we're hoping we can... Uh, pull that off again among the things that we're pointing out is that uh you know if these safeguards are too strict why is it that the number of cases of people dying from taking these drugs has has gotten eight times bigger since the Um, law was passed it doesn't Uh, sound (laughs) too strict i'm sorry
1: i said it doesn't sound too strict to me if that's the case
2: no And, you know, the the supporters uh, claim, oh, we need to catch up with uh, California's more progressive law. Mm -hmm. But as it is right now under current law, a Washington resident is three times more likely to obtain these drugs than a Californian is. So, uh, you know, if this bill does pass, I'm sure they will be urging California to catch up with Washington. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I sure. think this is what they always had in mind, but they're uh, claiming to you know, just catch up with uh, with what the facts show. The facts show that in fact, the current law is is already expanding way beyond uh, what people originally expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing I found, and it was something that uh, startled me, is that there are hundreds of cases, over two hundred cases in which, the physicians never turned in the reports to the State Department of Health claiming that they'd made a terminal diagnosis or that the That's patient was expected to die in less than six months
0: mm-hmm.
2: or that the patient even requested it. We don't have these written forms that the patient supposedly signed saying that they, they are the ones who wanted this. These are all legally required in order to be uh, complying with the law, but they're being ignored increasingly. Uh, half of these cases are in the last three years. So doctors are just getting increasingly confident, and I would say sloppy, mm-hmm. about even claiming that they're obeying the law.
1: Right. So is this there is any... something like... that
2: needs reform, but it needs reform in the opposite direction. from what Right. Kind of
1: so even though that there's these so-called safeguards in place, the physicians are actually ignoring them, Right. Um, mm-hmm. so what kind of evidence other than like, um, I guess hearsay, have you, that the physicians are not following these rules that are in place
2: now? Well, it's the, uh, I mean, the, the only way you can follow them and be exempted from this is, this is something a lot of people don't even realize is that assisting a suicide is a felony in Washington state.
1: Right.
2: The only way you exempt yourself from that is by filing these reports saying you went through the safeguards. Mm -hmm. So the doctors, I mean, by the way, the the laws Mm -hmm. are written. These doctors are actually committing a crime. Uh, Mm -hmm. And yet the Department of Health is very blase about it. And they say, oh, these are, you know, 400 cases in 2021 Mm -hmm. where the drugs were prescribed under the terms of the law. Mm -hmm. And then they say, oh, by the way, we have <laughs> we have mm-hmm. nothing to indicate that, that the law was complied with in these dozens of cases in that right. year. Uh, it makes no sense, but it means the Department of Health has gotten very sloppy about paying attention to abuses as well.
1: Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it seems like this new law would make the coercion and the abuses of the current law more common than it is
2: even Well, now. yeah, because it, it lowers the qualifications for mental health evaluation. It lowers the qualifications for medical assessment. And uh, it means there's even less time for a patient to reconsider this decision. No Mm -hmm. time at all. You could have same-day suicide if uh, one physician's assistant says, oh, yeah, that patient has intractable suffering. Mm -hmm. And there won't be any accountability because the – Department of Health is is already ignoring cases where nobody tries to document, uh, mm-hmm. you know, compliance with the law. So it's very insidious, and uh, it makes it makes abuse far more common because there'll be a lot more people involved in uh, streamlining this process.
1: Yeah, and they don't have to be a doctor; they don't have to be a psychologist. Like these, this allows people who are not physicians or psychologists to assess the patient and. In- write the prescription, right, for the the lethal drug?
2: Well, that's right. And uh, I, mean, I have nothing against physician assistants. I think they do wonderful work. But they don't have the training in uh, the intricacies of terminal illness and the treatment for it or in palliative care ordinarily that mm-hmm. uh, a physician with the experience can have. They don't have as much training. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, – and, you know, what if the physician assistant – Uh, is under the supervision of a medical practice that supports this. And, uh, you know, physicians are still the bosses in those Mm -hmm. practices. So it's, uh, and that that sending by mail, I mean, uh, you know, we have a kind of a a drug overdose epidemic in the Seattle area, especially. Mm -hmm. These drugs are sent to people other than the patient, and who knows where they end up. Right. You've got, you're sending through the mail, uh, you know, drugs with the lethal overdose with instructions on how to use them to cause death, mm-hmm. to maybe, uh, the, the patient's, uh, heirs who are, you know, anxious for grandpa to get with it and, uh, get us that inheritance mm-hmm. for yeah, all we wow. know.
1: Mm-hmm. So we're actually so, going to take a thanks. short break, um, We are speaking with Richard Dorflinger, the former Associate Director of Pro-Life Activities at the USCCB. Uh, This is Life Talk Northwest on Sacred Heart Radio.
0: I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. Amen. This is Father Justin Ryan, vocation director for the Archdiocese of Seattle. The rosary is a way to reflect on the life of Christ that we can even carry in our pockets. It's aired three times a day and so pray along as we reflect on those mysteries of Christ's life, join us at 2.30 a.m., 1.00 p.m., or at 8.30 p.m. right here on Sacred Heart Radio.
1: Welcome back to Life Talk Northwest on Sacred Heart Radio. This is Katie Welch, and we are speaking with Richard Dorflinger, the former uh, Associate Director of Pro-Life Activities at the USCCB. Uh, Right now we're talking about a terrible bill that is currently in the Washington State Legislature, and it would remove the safeguards against coercion and abuse from the Death with Dignity Act. Um, Richard was just talking about how they can send these lethal drugs through the mail. Um, So could you talk a little bit more about who the recipient of these drugs would be. Would it be the caregivers? Would it be the person themselves? Would it be a physician? Um, who would be administering these drugs to the patient? Um, that kind of thing.
2: Okay, well, the drugs ordinarily be prescribed by a physician or if this bill passes by a physician's assistant and uh, issued by a pharmacy. And the patient can uh, name anybody else to receive the drugs by mail or messenger, mm-hmm. and that might sound sort of benign, except uh, the, the legislature last year assigned the uh, University of Washington to do a study of how the law is working out in practice. University mm-hmm. of Washington then assigned End of Life Washington, which is an advocacy group pushing for the expansion of the law uh, to survey patients and care- caregivers. And even their own survey showed that caregivers uh, are much more likely than the patients to see the current safeguards as uh, unacceptable barriers to access. That's so this scary. is very disturbing. They, you know, they had like 19 patients and their own caregivers answering the same questions. And one patient out of 19 thought the waiting period was too long but mm-hmm. uh a large number of the caregivers thought that they didn't even check with the patient before answering the question so wow. you know there are you know families are wonderful but some families uh, have mixed motives and uh if you're sending the drugs to the person who stands to inherit when br- grandpa goes uh, they may be a lot more impatient for grandpa to go than grandpa is Great. So uh, you know, this, this opens up a whole new area for abuse. If the patient is never even the person who has control of the drugs.
1: Mm-hmm. And you were talking about there's a there was a recent study. It was conducted by the University of Washington, basically on the access to rights that were established by the Death with Dignity Act. Um,
2: well, that's the study I'm talking bit. about. Yeah. What happened mm-hmm. was the University of Washington handed over a major part of that survey. To the ideological group, the advocacy group that has a very vested interest in expanding the law. And that's the study I'm talking about, where one patient out Mm -hmm. of 19 uh, thought the waiting period was too long, but their caregivers are much more likely to say it is. So uh, the other part of the survey, and this is disturbing too, is that they were, the University of Washington was studying. How many hospitals and doctors in the state are opting not to participate in physician-assisted suicide? Mm -hmm. And this bill is going to force all of them to report on what their policies are. And I have a reasonable suspicion that this is going to be a prelude to trying to pressure them to take part, to remove Mm -hmm. another barrier to access. In other words, our religious and moral convictions about killing people is a barrier to access and they're going to figure out what to do about that next.
1: Oh boy. So are you talking like our Catholic hospitals or our Catholic, I guess, physicians or psychologists would have to um, provide yes, this, fact, right?
2: Yeah, in fact, one of the witnesses in committee complained that uh, the fact that Catholic hospitals are entering into mergers with other hospitals in Washington State, and that's very common, mm-hmm. are uh, are then preventing the health system that results from being a uh, dispensary for these lethal drugs and that uh, the state should be acting against that. Uh, that's that's something that uh, some of the groups in favor of these practices have been trying for years is to marginalize Catholic hospitals and keeping them from making arrangements with other hospitals to provide health care because they have these benighted views that you know, doctors shouldn't kill their patients. hmm
1: Crazy that we think that way. Um. So, how? Where can our listeners find out more about this law and how to get involved and how to get this stopped?
2: Yes. Well, you can. You can go to uh, you can go online to Washington Legislature. Uh, I hate giving you know you know, URL codes over the, the phone. But if you just right. say Washington Legislature and do a search on that, you'll get to the where the legislature is. And up on the left-hand corner is uh, something called Find Your District. And you click on that, you put in your home address, and it pops out with uh, the names of your three representatives, uh, two representatives and a senator, and their contact information. You can email them, you can call them. And urge them to vote against this dangerous bill. The bill is, the bill numbers, it's uh, House Bill 1281 and Senate Bill 5179. But, uh, I mean, if you, even if you just said the bill to expand, you know, assisted suicide in Washington State, they can probably figure out the bill that it is. So uh, what we need is a lot more people calling their own representatives and senators urging them to stop this. Uh, and we have a lot of expert witnesses, doctors, disability rights advocates, and so on also doing that. But at this point, we just need lots of people saying, I'm your constituents and I'm against this. I hope you will vote against it.
1: Mm-hmm. And so where can people find more information about the law and basically what to say to their representative? I know when I was a student and I was calling mm-hmm. in, to, say, my representative, I'd be like, uh, yeah, I don't want this to pass, but I didn't, I didn't have, Mm -hmm. like, the talking points and that kind of thing. Where can people find that?
2: Well, uh, I know that the Washington State Catholic Conference has a page on this in their legislative alerts, and they have some description of, uh, points against it. Uh, I mean, we've been distributing things to the legislature, legislators, Mm -hmm. but, uh, there's no one place where the folks who are working against this have filed everything for the public, so right. But uh, Human Life of Washington has material on its website, let's say Washington State Catholic Conference, uh, and uh, uh, Disability Rights Washington at this point may have posted its testimony against, but I'm not sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Will there be... Just,
2: I, I think the message okay. is very simple, you know this is you know, this is not what the voters approved you you know you they were they were assured that there would be strict safeguards against abuse and now you're redefining them as barriers to access more people will die and without accountability uh, you know and and will die prematurely Mm-hmm. so
1: will there be a hearing on this soon has there already been a hearing that there have can been go hearings
2: to. in House and Senate committees. Uh, testimony on our side, I would say, was very good. Mm-hmm. But uh, they, the, the bills have been approved in both House and Senate committees. So now it's a matter of, that goes to all the senators and representatives. And that's why uh, I hope that people all across the state will call or write their elected representatives and uh, encourage them to vote no.
1: Yeah, so it would be really great if everyone could just get online and find their senators and their representatives and send them an email or phone call and tell them how they really want this bad legislation stopped in our state. Um, Richard, is there anything that you would like to leave our listeners with?
2: Oh, just that this is, you know, a very important issue regarding the dignity of people throughout the uh, beginning and end of their lives. These people are very vulnerable. They need our help so they are not, uh, you know, uh, hustled off into taking these lethal overdoses. This, This bill will make the current law much worse in that regard.
1: Well, thank you. I want to thank all our listeners and Richard Dorflinger for speaking with us today. You have been listening to Life Talk Northwest on Sacred Heart Radio. I'm Katie Welch, and God bless you all.
0: Thank you to Western Washington Coalition for Life for sponsoring today's broadcast of Life Talk Northwest. Born from prayer and a promise in 2018, the WWCFL's mission is to provide encouragement and support through resources, education, and information focused on embracing the beauty and sanctity of all human life. Engage with WWCFL at WWCFL.org or on Facebook at Western Washington Coalition for Life. Thank you, WWCFL, for supporting Life Talk Northwest.